0: Quick, let's burn our bras. Let's take our bras off and burn them. That
1: well, maybe somebody did it. Generally speaking, never actually happened. That's sort of like probably a male sort of dis- dismissive sort of like thing of feminism. Oh yeah, burning the bras are oh, idiots. <laughs> yeah,
2: like that kind of made me a bit sad. Yeah, yeah, again, it was one of those moments of all right, we're doing a we're doing a sixties episodes, so someone someone's got to make reference to a burning a bra. Mm.
1: But yeah, how many bras were actually burned in the sixties? Probably not that many.
0: No, no, uh, one yeah maybe Maybe. one brawn it was Mrs. Quick in this fictional (laughs) episode (laughs) in the fictional in the fictional 60s it was Mrs. Quick And welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three groovy and gorgeous guys review all 163 episodes. Of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I am your host and your guide through this awesome magical adventure and my name is Phil Dean but I am not alone, pray tell. I've got some friends that are going to join me for this ride. First of all, uh, a man who is in front of me and to the left, remember because we've changed locations, is Mr Graham Riley. Hello Graham.
1: Hello you all the way over there,
0: how are you? (laughs) I'm very good, how are you mate?
1: Uh, Not bad, it was was nice to go back to the 60s, Um, obviously I don't remember the 60s originally, but you know what they say, Phil? If you remember the 60s,
0: you weren't really there. Right. I don't remember them, so maybe I was there. Maybe, maybe yeah. you were, maybe you were. And uh, another companion that's joining me for this magical ride is a man that's in front of me. And to the right, it's Christopher Evans. Hello, Chris. I, I'm good. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I I. I, I like the time travel aspect, as, mm-hmm.
2: as all things, but I feel like we always miss this trick whenever we go time travelling.
0: No one goes back and kills Hitler. No, that's very true. But then again, that's the whole butterfly effect, isn't it? The chaos theory. If you disrupt something. You know, so whereas, you know, Sabrina could go back and kill a a tyrant, a dictator, or she could just travel back in time and get her aunt, her favourite pair of jeans. Again, butterfly effect,
2: because that means someone else didn't get those jeans.
0: Wow, okay. Well, maybe that's a discussion for. In the episode, who could have worn those jeans? Totally blowing my mind, Which <laughs> Whichever dictator she went back to kill, she'd probably find that Hilda was uh, working with them. So, uh... Yeah, it's it's probably a rabbit hole she didn't want to climb into yeah, exactly. in case the secrets she'd came out. she find some very disturbing things about her aunt, even more disturbing <laughs> than what she knows already. So we're now doing a whole Alice in Wonderland thing. I think that's exactly where we're going. We were just going to travel back in time to the 60s, but instead... LSD, yeah. Is this the first time travel episode we've
1: had? Um, in terms of like going back decades, I mean, we've had *Hildren's Zelda flashing back to obviously previous mm. centuries they've lived through. Uh, we've had like obviously stopping time, going back to the previous day, things like that. This is the first time we've properly gone back, back, like, yeah. yeah, decades back. Yeah, every single character is taken back to another time. It's the first
0: time we've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've not got a good track record when it comes to talking about time and space. But I thought this one was easy steps. We have into... an
2: amazing track
0: record. We don't, we don't, about, talk, we don't we about talk, What episodes have you
1: listened to? <laughs> Remember the mouse episode? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we were there all afternoon, weren't we? There um, you go. Chris is getting some nam flashbacks anyway.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying that
0: in terms of theorising how things work,
2: we do all right. Yeah,
0: but then talking about whether Mars is a day ahead or a day behind that shit we can't handle yeah we found our Achilles
1: heel in that episode
0: yeah so theories and hypothetical questions we can handle actual science we can't (laughs) fuck that it's great to see Uh, Um, E E equals MC squared boom knowledge
2: hey knowledge um, is power after
0: all. <laughs> but i mean i guess this we travel back in time but it was done in an easy accessible way this time so I yeah. think it, it was it was an easy time travel episode for the three of us to to follow it anyway. was the
1: 90s now it's the 60s even we can get that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode was number 8 of season 2 and it was called inner gadda sabrina now grain you said in the last episode that you knew what this was in reference to uh, remind us again what it was hey. about
1: Yeah, a a psychedelic rock song. It's like about seven minutes long or something. It's by the band Iron Butterfly, and it's just a a drugged-out, just, jam uh, in a Gada la Vida. So that's what it's a reference to.
0: Yeah, okay, that's... I mean, that, that's pretty cool. Were there any references in this about it? Was it just the fact that it was 60s and we I could think, stick Sabrina yeah, at the end of it?
1: It's the, it's the 60s and it dwells in particular on hippie culture, of which a song like that was very much sort of representative of. Yeah,
0: and, and you say about hippie culture, I mean, we will discuss this when we get it in the episode, but... This wasn't just focusing about hippies and the the 60s culture, it was a lot... There was some very gender roles and and sexist topics and stuff. Yeah, it started started off very light and very sort of skimming over things, and I was getting a
1: bit annoyed, because I know that most of the sort of writing staff for this show have memory of the 60s. I don't think they're quite old enough to have been, like adults in the 60s, but they'd probably have a similar relationship to the 60s that we have to the 90s, for example. And I was annoyed by how
0: sort of superficial it was, but yeah, later on it got deep, it got deep. (laughs) It did, and we will get there eventually. So we're going to start this groovy adventure uh, in the Spellman family house, and they're enjoying a delicious Thanksgiving feast, Uh, passing potatoes, vegetables, and all the while ignoring Salem's pleas for more meat.
1: So this is the Thanksgiving episode, although it barely is one.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's touches base on Thanksgiving in the first two minutes, and then the rest is just uh, time travel. We caught a glimpse of this in the last episode, but this is the, is this the start of Fat Salem that um, we've seen glimpses of, or is yeah, that still yeah, yet I to mean, come?
1: Thanks to Salem being a meme machine. <laughs> um, thanks to there being countless just hilarious images of Salem doing and saying various things. Uh, littering the internet. We know there are many Salem sight gags to come. One of which is him being incredibly overweight. And as this episode focuses around him eating a lot, I thought
0: we would get Fat Salem in this episode. We don't. So maybe we're on the way there. Maybe we're on the path to to unhealthy Salem behaviour. Yeah, but in in just the last
2: episode with his new uh, new arms, we said that he was looking quite hench. What he was wrong looking
0: chance? quite hench. He's had he's had a sudden downfall when it comes to meat and potatoes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, he's on a strict diet in this episode and we will uh, get references from that throughout. Uh, but yeah, it turns out that he's gradually turning into a furry blimp, is what Hilda and Zelda yes. call him, uh, and he should cut back on his food. He says he's just big-boned. Which
2: is this week's that So 90s.
0: Great, why
1: is this So 90s? Uh, we're into the um, period now where, where the zeitgeisty cultural phenomenon uh t- especially in america but also over here and throughout the world was of course south park yes um because i mean i don't know how well you remember south park starting i think i was probably i do remember that kids my age and bear in mind i was like seven eight at the time as as were we all um like staying up late at night to watch south park and like everybody in school knew the catchphrase and had the toys Talk about an inappropriate show for seven year olds to are watching <laughs> yeah. South Park and especially the early years of South oh, Park yeah. definitely fit that bill. But obviously, yes, a catchphrase of uh, Cartman in the early seasons was I'm not fat. And big bone, and
0: that was very much a thing. It, it's something that's not really referenced, I think, from the past, oh god, like fifteen or so seasons. Or so yeah. it, it's, it was a very much of the time that was the, I'm not fan, big boned, and and it was on T-shirts.
1: It was it was everywhere. It's probably one of along with oh my god, uh, they kill Kenny. It was probably the sort of
0: catchphrase of the show that really sort of infected popular culture. But I mean, you just on, on the topic of the start, like this is a weird thing. It only hit me actually in in the the most recent of series. I mean, it's. Uh, it's been going on for 21 years now. I yes, have I watched South Park from the very beginning, from when I was six or seven. Yes. I've watched South Park for most of my life.
1: Yes, that's true. And it's it one of the things like for most
0: of life. there's only so many things that I can say I've watched from start to finish or whatever. If South Park and Coronation Street have anything in common, <laughs> it's that you've watched them most of your life. <laughs> yeah. So where uh, the titles roll, and uh, she's dressed as a clown, and she says, "Nobody takes me seriously." Looking like that, they wouldn't. At least it
2: wasn't a repeat.
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's the yeah. Some of these uh, sort of title sequences, all we can say is. At least I've not seen it before.
1: <laughs> Tell you what, getting into that clown costume, doing the face paint just for that show up gag,
0: a lot of effort for nothing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. we'll see that clown late in in a... She's dressed as a clown in a future episode, Possibly. maybe. But yeah, all that effort just for a naf gag. I mean,
2: at the, at the end of the day, they it should have been her dressed up in hippy-dippy gear and saying something along the lines of, it's witchy business. Witchy business. No. <laughs> Peace and love, man. Or, there, there, is a, there is a past gag of her. I think it was one of the repeated ones, actually, yes. of her as a
0: flower power. Yeah, yeah. she says far yeah. out, I think. So she yeah, is, isn't far out. Uh,
2: that, even
0: though it's a repeat, it's... it's Yeah, that would have diffused our disgust a little bit. I think we've just got to
1: let it go. I think we've got to be, like, these are never going to relate to the episode ever again.
0: No, it's a shame. If they do, it's a coincidence. But... At least it wasn't a repeat for that. Uh, so we return to the Spelman kitchen to find Salem crying. Hey, This is what we love to see. Uh, the cat has no self-respect as he tries to score some food, some scraps and even some crumbs to satisfy his hunger. His begging is ignored as it's unhealthy to be an overweight cat or a fat cat, am I right? You're not
2: wrong. In the flashback where we saw Hilda as the tea lady for Salem Saberhagen's... Yes world domination he wasn't exactly the skinniest guy no he was fairly heavy set because yeah. i think forgive us nick but i don't think nick the guy is a rake my <laughs> inference as it were is that salem got turned into a cat so shouldn't the cat's figure be similar to that of the human it uh, just j- do you get well, what I'm saying? Kind of
0: like when they say like owners get an- pets that kind of look a bit like them, or yeah,
2: he should have taken on the same sort of frame. I mean, yeah. he's got the same personality, so why not the same? I mean, frame? that that'd be a bitch of an animatronic to make. Like,
1: I suppose his feeding is more dictated by Hilda and Zelda. So if they aren't feeding him as much as he would have eaten as a human. Then he's going to decrease in mass. Could, of course, have been wearing a bulletproof vest when we saw him in the (laughs) World Domination episode. (laughs) Could have been. Could have been.
0: He could have been a very slender man indeed. Uh, So, yeah, his pleas for food are being ignored, and rightly so. Meanwhile, Hilda comes downstairs to look for her landlubbers, she says. Uh, They're not a gang of pirates, but a pair of bell bottom pants that she loved to wear way back in the swinging 60s. So, these are just some fancy. Uh, Groovy pants that apparently she's never worn, uh, and that's why Zelda threw them out, because they were her favourite pants that she never wore. I I once had bell buttons.
2: I've had bell buttons before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I bought them for a Halloween costume. I went as Shaggy from Scooby-Doo.
0: Oh, I bought them just because they were really, really cheap on the rack. (laughs) (laughs) I actually wore them multiple times out in public, so... Uh
1: I bought some by accident. I didn't realise <laughs> <laughs> until I got home. But, uh, yeah. Did did you ever wear them? I can't recall. I get yeah, well, boot cut, as they call yes. them. But yeah, with the um, with the big uh, yeah, they, they weren't like proper full on like flares. But, oh yeah. my! Yeah, mine, oh, mine, mine were, f- were full on
0: flares. Mine were flares. Mine yeah. said in the um, sort of in in the back of the pants, it just says flares. So I I bought them knowingly
2: because they were dirt cheap. You see, my, mine were from a charity shop and were women's. So
0: yeah. Mine were men's from a high street shop. <laughs> oh, I came out worse out of this one. So, yeah, she's looking for these landlubbers, apparently, and uh, Hilda has uh, lost them because Zelda's thrown them out. She says uh, she never wore them 30 years later, but now they're back in style. Sabrina That's is- true, actually, by the way. I don't think the 70s ever really had too much of a
1: revival, but certainly I remember in the 2000s, the 80s really sort of became in again, didn't mm-hmm. it? It was sort of that far enough ago that, like, certainly, like, the, the teens, which were us... Couldn't actually remember it, but it was sort of relatable enough to now that they sort of began to sort of fetishise it a bit, and I think that happened with the 60s, in the 1990s, because the teens would have been born in the 70s, so... Mm -hmm just that bit too young to have any memory of it at all
0: well i, d- it, I definitely it, agree with the 80s though because i mean when uh, grand theft Auto: vice city came out that sparked my love for 80s music yes. so from the age of 11 i think yeah. 2001 2002, 2002 vice city came out um yeah so from the age of most of my teens and still now love anything to do with 80s so because of that revival um you know it changed my life for, for and, the better i think and i say that's exactly what's wrong with society today
2: the sheer fact that we're we're not creating anything new. We're just recycling old trends. It's so like the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. I mean, come on, the 90s are going to make a revival at some point. Already, and that already, already is.
1: They already definitely already have. Yes. That's, that's what we're living now.
2: Yeah, th- this is what I'm saying. It's like nothing new is happening. It, 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 maybe it starts with fashion. I don't know. Maybe it starts with songs. It starts somewhere. And, and the trends, the people who set the trends, the hip trends, people are shooting us in the foot because we're not able to move on. We're just recycling old things. But at the same time, you know what I want to see a revival of? The 1920s.
1: Well, we're coming up to a
2: century from that period. Mm. Um, Yeah, certainly. Flapper Uh dresses, men in suits, hats, looking dapper. That's what I want to see. Segregation, bring it on! (laughs) (laughs) I would bring it, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back there. I was, um, I was just talking about the fashion game. Yeah, yes. Okay. Prohibition. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, this is. We are living in the age of reboots, and obviously, related to this, so obviously uh, Sabrina is making a reboot on Netflix. So mm. um, so that's going to be a. Uh, following the chilling adventures of Sabrina, so it's going to be a dark horror theme. But yeah, Netflix has swapped that for a multi season deal. Uh, are you afraid of the darks making a comeback? Yeah, we're, so, we're
1: very much in the era of 90s revival now yeah. because basically whatever's being revived is whatever people in their late 20s, early 30s remember because ultimately they're the demographic that everybody goes after. We
0: head to class and it's about to be taken by Mr. Kraft. I would say good morning, but I work in a public high school so there are no good mornings for me. That is correct. <laughs>
1: that is correct. It's also... That's not a Mr. Kraft line, that's a Mr. Pool line. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. very, very true. I,
2: but... You know what I realised in this episode? His name is uh, Willard Craft. W. Craft. Witch.
0: Craft. Oh, oh my god. It's
2: always
1: you. <laughs> yes. You're so good
0: at characters' names, Chris. We missed that.
1: Yeah, and it, it also... Yeah. It's <laughs> taken me eight episodes. Come on, guys.
0: God, it would have taken us longer if you hadn't brought it up. Well oh, done, Chris. Oh, that's uh,
1: almost certainly intentional. Well, yeah, right, that's good.
0: That's that's almost as certain as yeah, Gene Pool that we. It's not quite as certain as Gene
1: Pool, <laughs> which god knows how we missed that. But yeah, you're probably right. Witchcraft, yeah, yeah. witchcraft, yeah, yeah
0: excellent. yeah, excellent. Well done, Chris. Thank you for that. So, Mister Craft, uh, yeah, he declares that he's taking this class, and it's followed by yet another <clears throat> loser, which yeah. is always fun to hear. He picks up a bastard point here, though. Why? What does he say,
2: Chris? Tell us. Well, they've already the class has already started. Reading Emily Dickinson and uh, witchcraft has decided that he's going to change the syllabus and set them a pop quiz for the next day on the waging of war, which is a 615 page book. On, um, well, I guess, blood,
0: blood, sweat, and more blood, on, Sabrina yeah, says. Yeah, on, war, on war, by a Prussian general. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, he says about the master points, they keep rolling. He uh, he says, it turns out they're their English teacher, Mrs. Riley. Graham, any relation? We
1: all are related.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the Rileys are, aren't they? Uh, she's, uh, Mrs. Riley has had her baby and is being treated to six weeks maternity leave, which Mr. Kraft is disgusted about. He says.
2: I'm I'm devastated by that point. Six weeks maternity leave. I know this was like two decades ago, but six weeks, is that all the, that they used to have? You can get best part of the year now.
1: Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. You well, can, you milk yeah, it for Yeah, pretty much. It goes to show, though, I mean, he says, thank you, Bill Clinton. Obviously, Clinton being the president at the time, it must be quite a new thing. Yeah. So probably maternity leave probably didn't exist before that. Like, I, it's, it's weird to think how quickly things have come along, and it's sad to think how many horrible people who might be in the White House right now who want to take such things away. I mean, yeah, at he's, he's <clears> so
0: bitter about it as well. That's, yeah. that's where the yeah, point goes. At,
2: at the end of the day, though, six weeks to get over... I mean essentially minor surgery discount the whole fact that you've got a child now <laughs> yeah. minor surgery you know essentially that's what it is well if you had a cesarean well yeah that, that's where I was going with that Yeah. but
0: yeah six weeks
2: to get over of that fucking well, hell well
0: I mean that's what he's discussing about he says he says she's got to have this six weeks off you know to breastfeed and bond
1: so to be honest you know That's not a bastard point. That's at least three. (laughs) Mr. Craft is a sexist pig who (laughs) doesn't think that women
0: should have any time off for giving birth. And the only reason they're having time off is just so they could squeeze milk out their breasts and smile and play with their children and he's resentful
1: of the fact that a woman would want to spend time with her newborn child yeah rather than teach english
0: well we know he's got abandonment issues from his wife leaving him That's so true, maybe yeah.
1: it's a just it's a
0: very personal thing to him what a
1: wanker yeah no, <laughs> absolutely no excuse there whatsoever i you know we've seen the sim- most sympathetic side of old willy craft recently kind of thought oh i do feel a bit bad for the guy Back to hating him in this <laughs> one, yes, and he, absolutely. And his laid-back '60s long-haired version of himself didn't didn't uh, redeem
0: it at all. No. <laughs> I mean, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the uh, the swinging '60s to so Craft. Just, just to clarify,
2: three bastard points At least, to I, I, Will I think Kraft. that's the
0: least he deserves. Yeah, yes. Yeah three bastard points and a stern telling off I think that's what he deserves of about
2: 30 seconds of screen time by the
0: (laughs) way oh he's awful isn't he Uh, so he says he says there'll be a quiz every day starting with one about the first three chapters of the waging of war as we said in the school cafeteria and Sabrina and Harvey are whining about their gruesome assignment at least we only have to read three chapters Harvey says it only has four Sabrina says Ooh. Valerie pops over, upset about yet another vanilla yoghurt, wondering if the cafeteria ever changes them up. And it turns out one time they had pistachio. However, it wasn't pistachio, really, was it? Well, it the, just, the machine the, was the off? The machine was a bit faulty. Ooh, what oh, were they eating? I just so would it would it, have, would it have been green and had bits shaped like nuts in it? He doesn't bear thinking about <laughs> But something that does turn it on its head is a really, really lame... Character joke. Don't give a monkeys. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But just, it's
1: just because of how how stupid it was.
0: Yeah, it's got. I don't think it's got any place in a spree in a an episode of Sabrina. But I'm so glad it happened because it's really. funny. It's got
2: no place anywhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was just. I know there. the kind
1: of place it would come from, which I made the remark about at the time. This is the kind of joke. That's WWE owner, Vince McMahon, finds funny. And he has the sense of humour of a
0: five-year-old. So, uh... <laughs> so the dinner lady comes over. We've never met this dinner lady before. We've never heard, nor seen. So Sabrina says, excuse me, Mrs. Poopy Pants," And the dinner lady goes, it's Popeye Pants. It's French.
1: Yeah, because that's a French name.
2: <laughs> and it directly made me think about Scrubs. Doctor Beardface, it's beard for say. (laughs) It's such. Or indeed, keeping up appearances. Oh yes, bouquet. (laughs) B u c k e t. Bucket.
0: (laughs) But it's so silly. No, it's Popeye Pants. So, uh, no, if, if she ever pops up again, I'll love Mrs. Poopy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. um, so, we love, so we're loving uh, Mrs. Poopy Pants. Sabrina asks her about adding new flavours to the yogurt machine. Or yogurt machine, sorry. So, she pours her coffee into Valerie's pot and says it's a mocker one. Oof. Oh. Um,
2: mocha requires chocolate, so actually, Miss Poopy Pants, it's just coffee it's yogurt. Just
0: coffee. She can't even get the right flavours, can oh, she? Even when she tries.
1: Yeah. No happy dinner ladies, are there?
0: No. Oh, yeah. to be honest,
1: if someone's name's been constantly pr- mispronounced, Poopy Pants, <laughs> you won't be the
2: cheerful sort. Yeah, you? you're going to be bitter well, aren't no, you? I mean, the the only cheerful dinner ladies I ever recall are the ones that were on dinner ladies.
0: Yeah, and my mum. My mum's a dinner lady. She's a happy sort. She's a happy sort. I yeah, love your dinner yeah, lady again, for like twenty seen, years. I we've say. never
1: seen her dinner ladying. Maybe she's maybe she's a, a misery guts. Then I don't. Yeah, know.
0: maybe she is a horrible woman. But I'm, maybe I'll never find out. Willa.
2: Well, maybe because your mum is actually so lovely that she gets rid of all her hatred at work. Maybe she will be yeah. a terror.
1: Maybe she takes all of her hatred out on children. I can sympathise with
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I can get behind that, yeah. It makes logical sense. Yeah. Absolutely. In <laughs> class, and Mrs Quick is telling the kids about a college fair that is going on and encourages everyone to pay it a visit. Valerie asks Sabrina to try writing an article about the fair and Sabs compliments her on how well she's doing as an editor and how confident she has become. Valerie is flattered and asks Sabrina to tell her mom. Mm. So again, oh, she's... Her. She's confident, but she's a bit of a nervous wreck, I guess, with her family. And
1: Sabrina, I guess, gravitates towards people who have shit relationships with their parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harvey and now Valerie. Jenny got on okay with her parents, yes. but she got on too well. She wasn't happy with mm. how easygoing her parents were. So, yeah, parental mm. issues. Sabrina's there for you.
0: Yeah, well, she's she's got parent issues as well, hasn't she? And
1: that she never sees either of them. Yes. Oh, yes. no, that's not true. She sees her dad, like,
0: once a month. Once a month. Occasionally,
1: yeah. show, Ted will show up, but uh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah, we never see him, do we? At said college fair, and Mrs Quick introduces Sabs to a chap from Franklin and Lee, one of the oldest colleges in America, a place that churns out leaders, and Sabrina may be made from the same cloth. So uh, we'll revisit that stall a little later on. Back home, and Salem is horrified about his diet plan, saying he'd rather get locked in the dishwasher again. But his eating has gotten worse, as apparently he ate Sabrina's lip balm. Just going to say this,
2: Salem... Being trapped in the dishwasher. I want to see that. I yeah, want to see that. It's a, a scene which, yeah, a scene which
1: I was very sad occurred when the cameras weren't rolling, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with his animatronic arms, i would like to see them raised in the air and him just sort of swirling around in a circle.
1: Yeah, those anim-
2: animatronic arms he could punch his way out of that dishwasher. Oh, yeah, that's Definitely. very true. He
0: could lift it over oh, his head. No,
2: no, 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 no. Not a chance, mate. I've I've just had to fix our dishwasher.
0: I thought this conversation was going to go out, So I thought you were going to go, I got trapped in a dishwasher <laughs> and I couldn't even punch myself out. <laughs> Maybe that's something we'll have to try and, and uh, see for ourselves. Uh, so Hilda and Zelda come down the stairs and Hilda is still fuming about her favourite unworn jeans being thrown out. So Zelda magics up half a vinyl for her because...
2: She's a broken record! <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Absolute, no, I absolutely loved it because it was like a pun... Not in the Penitus episode that I fucking got! I was like, yes, visual pun.
1: That is a running theme of our um, individual responses to gags, I think, Chris, that your favourite jokes are when. But they're spelled out when for you. Either puns or sayings are made literal.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, give him a pun or someone called Poopy Pants. Yeah, I'm a happy lad. But again, they've done this a lot. They've had uh, Goody Two Shoes. She's had some Goody Two Shoes on yeah. her, and so they you know it, it's a good the, thing the, they the, do.
2: The laptop. Yeah. yeah so the pun on.
0: puns are very strong in this, which is great. Sabrina tells her aunt about the book she's reading, The Waging of War, and Hilda, to no surprise, tells us that she dated him once. Of course.
2: I mean, come on, someone that is wanting to take over the world, waging war. It's. Yeah. Hilda is attracted to, might I say, the bad boys.
0: She absolutely is.
1: And I'm. She winds up hating them all as if she. Is surprised to learn that these guys are horrible people. What well, well, she? She says, "Yeah,
0: he could wage a war, but could the guy pick up a check?" So, yeah, I, I mean, just, you know, skimflint—that's the problem. She's attracted to the wrong man, and then she, but she knows that upstairs the linen closet goes off, and a very angry quizmaster storms into the Spellman house, trying to get hold of his landlord because he's got a mouse. But no ordinary mouse, no. An other realm one weighing 275 pounds. And in my mind, I'm picturing a large bloke
2: in a mouse costume. That's exactly the... how I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> you I don't am... get to see said mouse.
1: I'm picturing Dwayne the Rock Johnson in a mouse costume. <laughs> because he does weigh
0: in at 275 pounds. There we go. So there Maybe. We go. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately we don't get to see said mouse, but I would have liked to uh, uh, see it, because we hear a lot about it anyway. The quiz master tells Sam's that her quiz this time is to magic up something from her home supplements book, which is an extension on her studies. Magical items with a lovely presentation. So uh, she heads to the lab to concoct a time ball, and that is an item that, when held, will make everything around it any decade she wishes. So she goes to make it with the helps of some... I can't remember what they're called. Some uh, The Hot Tamales, I think they're called. Yeah. They are a, an, of, an, an actual couple of... Um, oh,
1: are they? I, yeah, sort I, I of home ec cookery... I wondered what the hell was going on there, but... yeah, how, how they
0: actually... If they're real, that makes sense. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, okay. They, they are real people from TV. I don't know anything about them, but I'm pretty sure they're called the Hot Tamales. Right. Okay. And yeah, they present home ec and uh, cookery shows. I'm on
2: literally them. trying to rack my brain for other cookery duos, and I can't think of anything... No All I've got is Ainsley Harriet.
0: And his sense of humour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, we got Jamie Oliver in his genitals, didn't we? Hey,
1: Yeah, we did, yeah. Naked chef. Um, there's also, like, the duos of, like, someone who knows about cooking and someone who doesn't. The whole, like, Gino and Mel sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah.
0: Obviously Mel knowing more about cooking than Gino. Yeah, than Gino,
1: who, you know, is, is a hack. Uh, so, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, she's making this uh, this time ball out of her uh, extension on her magic book. Meanwhile, upstairs, the quiz master is losing his rag with the landlord, telling him that the mouse is not only chewing holes in all his furniture, but he's also making long distance phone calls and listening to his CDs without putting them back. My personal
2: favourite moment of that entire argument was when uh, the quiz master goes well it doesn't matter if he pays some of the rent and yeah. it's like this mouse is paying some of your rent Give a shit!
0: <laughs> well, and as well, he says, like, um, he's chewing holes He's chewing holes in my couch. Now he says they're not his. But, like, <laughs> it does, that's
1: two scenes now that we really want to see. One, Salem in the dishwasher. Two, Albert and his, uh, his mouse uh, flatmate.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's an extra credit we should make. And, yep. and watch, that'd be really fun. Back downstairs, and Sabs has successfully made a time ball that smells of sardines. Ooh. And uh, she transports us all to the 1960s, complete with a congratulatory. Quizmaster sporting a sweet afro.
2: Yeah, and then he wants a, a fro comb, doesn't he? He does. Yes. My 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 favorite moment in that is obviously we saw him in the previous scene with a flip phone, and he's come downstairs and he's holding at the house phone with a wire yes. trailing behind yeah. him. I was like, that is how you do it.
1: That's, and that's good house at- phone with the finger in the number I mean, the, the dial. dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down to, um,
0: Style, yeah. But it's great. I mean, if anyone was going to look as good. As that in the 1960s, it was obviously going to be the Quizmaster. He yes. looks fly. Uh, a good thing about this is they don't just transport to the 60s really lazily. Everyone is dressed so well, and the uh, the sets have been swapped out for other items and stuff like. Uh, Hilda and Zelda sit on the floor a lot uh, yeah, because there's apparently they're cool. to
1: Detail um, in sort of 60sifying the uh, the regular sets and the regular characters and what they wore and how they wore their hair and everything, mm. which I very much enjoyed. Thinking yes. about it, that must. Have- cost
0: a shed load. For, a, for one thing, yeah. For
2: one thing, that is a lot of money. For half an episode, basically. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah.
0: of money and effort just for I, to go back to the I'm 60s. I'm
2: now going to be... Um being the whole eagle eye on one of the more lower-budget
0: episodes. Yeah, maybe the next episode takes place outside. <laughs> I don't know, just in the great outdoors, no sets. Well, maybe. filming
1: outside is a lot more expensive than filming inside, so uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, they it. don't leave the house, it's more like Clarissa the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe they shouldn't have thrown that other lounge into the train. Maybe yeah, that I'm would just have just saved them a few, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> maybe we'll have an episode in the dungeon. Maybe. Maybe. Don't need to put the lights on save a bit of money she transports herself to the 1960s as we say to head to the clothes shop to buy hilda some more jeans which she pays for in cash but sketches and poetry would have also been legal tender there. She returns home and back to the 1990s to give Hilda her jeans. Sabrina tells them that she made a time ball. Oh, so that explains why we were in the 60s a minute ago. Zelda says,
1: <laughs> only, "Yeah, but only only witches notice things have yes. changed. Mortals just take it in stride, don't really think about it." Yeah, as we see later it's on. It's kind
0: of just it's just a wash over. Mortals continue their lives. Just one minute they're in the 60s, one minute they're not. But yeah, yeah witches are the ones that realize that this magic. Yeah, house they has really. Gone and it's like oh so that's why we were in the 60s maybe they do drugs a lot and it's like okay so we didn't take drugs this time but we were in the 1960s maybe I think maybe that's what they were trying to get to it's night time and Sams is on the phone to Harvey who says that he's only read 19 pages of that 600 page book for tomorrow Bummer. So with that, Sabrina uh, hangs up and goes to bed, not before wishing good night to her time ball. Salem is attracted by that strong smell of sardines that the time ball seems to emit. Why? Why does a time ball smell like sardines? Would It if smells it. of sardines. You've done it right, but yeah, yeah I don't know what a,
1: sard- what a time
0: ball would smell like. It's probably got a lot of omega three sort of fish oils in it, maybe. Yeah, poss- possibly. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you've got good strong bones, no matter what uh, decade. You're oh yeah, uh, to. eye of newt was used a lot, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, yeah, of, yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There we go. We've we've concocted our own conclusion of why it smells of sardines. Um, so he's attracted to that smell of sardines, and he eats the time ball, obviously, and goes downstairs to watch TV. And luckily for him, a channel is showing a sixties marathon of his favourite shows featuring Peggy Lipton, a woman he is obsessed with, seemingly. And why would you not be, <laughs> uh,
1: Peggy Lipton? Um, bit of background: uh, You don't need to IMDb her because I know everything about her. Wow! Whoa. Well, uh, Peggy Lipton uh, was in the TV show The Mod Squad in the nineteen sixties. Uh, she was probably in her early mid twenties then, and that was sort of like a sort of like a I think sort of like a cop action show, but very much like bright hearted, basically youth television. I know her best as playing Norma Jennings in uh, Twin Peaks uh, when she was in her forties, and oh, yeah. still. Extremely good looking. And she's also she married Quincy Jones, the legendary music oh, producer. Wow. And their daughter is Rashida Jones, who played Ann Perkins in Parks yeah. and, oh, and wh- oh, an wow, really? No.
0: So that's way. Peggy Lipton. And that's why Rashida Jones is so attractive, because she comes from um gifted, attractive people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What what an upbringing she must have had. Oh, must wow. have been incredible.
2: Peggy Lipton, Quincy Jones. Rashida Jones. That's how it happened. Holy mother of Pearl! I
0: love it. So there we go, Peggy Lipton and Salem clearly's got a good eye for the ladies anyway. Uh, And if if Rashida looks anything like Peggy, I'm happy as Larry, to be perfectly honest with you. It's happy as Salem. It's the next day and Sabrina wakes up to find herself back in the 1960s and unable to find her Time Ball. She heads downstairs to find Hilda and Zelda, who have all too well settled back into the 1960s. Do you reckon this is a representation of what they were like 30 years ago? Or? I reckon Hilda worked with Nixon the start. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um... Zelda, maybe.
0: Yeah, 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 probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I They're mean, all sort of fun-loving, peace out, were really cash. Uh, they try to find the time ball, but can't, unaware that Salem ate it, of course. Speaking of the disgraceful Moggy, he goes to sleep in the fresh laundry basket again with those animatronic arms, patting down that Yeah, uh, Not as Jack. I didn't think. No, no not, not as Jack's no. But at
2: this moment, I'd like to highlight the uh, the blinking of the animatronic. Yeah. Uh, animatronic. The blinking of the animatronic. The Blinking of Salem. <laughs> I'd like to highlight The blink of Salem there. It was doing really well. You know, the whole, and I'm tired, and I'm tired, and I'm tired. And his head moved down sleeping. separately, so... Yeah, it was ever really well done.
1: ...improving the animatronics and the puppetry of Salem. Uh, almost episode on episode, yeah. basically.
0: It might not be the most beautiful, graceful-looking contraption, but by God, is it good. It does its job. Absolutely. They can't seem to find the time ball right now so Hilda and Zelda urge Sabrina to go to school and they'll continue looking.
2: Oh, otherwise she'll get told off by the man.
0: Oh, the man, yeah. She'll man. be late for the man, does it? Gotta
1: watch out for the man in the 60s. He's everywhere.
0: <laughs> in school <laughs> and everyone has embraced the 60s because it's full of hippies, peace, vibrant clothes, even jokes about girls not being able to wear pants. And again, the mortals are completely unaware that this is happening. It's just a normal school day for them. They start talking about cool 60s stuff but Sabrina goes to make a phone call on a dial phone that confuses the hell out of her as it would be I think yeah i really used one I mean
2: to be perfectly honest with you at this moment in time if if I actually had a push button phone
0: that would confuse the shit out of me yeah I think kids these days if they saw a house phone would be what the hell is that exactly
2: <laughs> kids these days if they just saw a button would be like is it not touch screen
0: <laughs> so uh, Sabrina calls Hilda and Zelda who feel really at peace with the 60s and are seemingly on drugs
1: yeah, it can't be directly addressed because obviously
0: kids chew, but they are
1: definitely stoned
0: yeah. throughout. They are they are on drugs. They yes. say, I can't remember exactly what they say, but they're probably like, whoa, sorry we forgot. Oh my I god. I was totally
2: meant to look for them. Yeah, they are so high. Yeah, they, they are high. <laughs> they are yeah. unofficially officially. it's like, officially yeah, it's they like are. oh my god, I found my 12 string. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Norda gets out
1: her old guitar, and yeah, it's, uh... And Zelda's just sat there just
2: completely chilled out just like "Mm mhm
0: so so Hilda and Zelda are on drugs and having a great time Sabrina heads to class flapping about the quiz on the waging of war and then Harvey hears that and just goes stop the war stop the war stop the war and everyone is chanting stop the war I was going to say lots of chanting in this episode but
2: also Harvey's wig is fantastic is gray yes it's quite literally gray i mean at the end of the day guys come on you've got wigs coming aplenty you've got so you've got hair color that you need to match harvey's hair color is is brown (laughs) yes putting it simply it's brown you need to find a wig
0: that is also brown Not grey.
1: But you know, Chris, people aged quicker back
0: then. (laughs) (laughs) They're all chanting, stop the war, and then Mr. Craft comes in and goes, yeah, stop the war, stop the war. And Sabrina's quite gobsmacked by this new chill Mr. Craft, kitted out with long hair and glasses, a turtleneck, and his his sort of peace. What's it? I I don't know what that sign is. It's a a CND. It's the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament.
1: Mm -hmm. It looks a bit like the Mercedes badge, but slightly different. Yes,
0: it? yeah. So he's he joins in with the chanting and he says that no, we're not talking about war. This is not an English class. This is a life class or I he want says, to shoot myself he says life point. life is a life class he says uh, with sporting his long hair and his free spirit they start singing Kumbaya and Mr. Kraft cracks out his guitar and takes them all outside back in the school cafeteria and everyone is conducting a sit-in a sit-in that is against the lack of vegetarian food on the school lunch menu their peaceful protest works though and the school will now provide meatless sloppy joes how about Sloppy Sue's, you sexist pig? Yeah, freak this... <laughs> power. In walks Libby looking exactly the same.
1: Now, I'm glad. I mean, maybe the point I'm actually making is Libby's so just sort of nasty that she can never be a hippie and she can never be peace and love. But the fact of the matter is this Hippies, the reason that they, you know, I mean, she calls them freaks and they're like, it's good to be a freak, freak power, whatever, they were a subculture. The majority of young people in the 60s weren't like that. The majority of young people in the 60s were short-haired, straight, straight-laced, stick-in-the-mud, just just dicks. Yeah. like the, You know, like the hippie movement grew out of a rebellion against the morals of the time. So if you went back to the 60s, yeah, there would be some hippies, just like there were moshers, say, when we were in high school. But yeah, they'd be a small minority of people. The majority of them would be like Libby, just sort of, yeah, like... Fuck are you sort of thing, yeah. Mm. The point is, the Freds and the Daphne's outnumbered the Shaggies and the Velmas in the 60s. Yeah. Whereas, like, here it's like, everybody's a hippie apart from Libby, which isn't really yeah. accurate. I mean, and I would have thought a show written by people who... I mean, there were kids during the 60s, as supposed to, like, actual sort of adults, I suppose. But, like, a show written by people with a very good knowledge of the 60s, I thought maybe would have portrayed it a bit more authentically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: At the Spellman's and the phone is ringing... Something happened in this episode that Chris predicted in season one. A scene which he vaguely recalled. And, and it I was didn't, there. I didn't even realise it until fucking halfway
2: <laughs> through the scene. And you guys went, Chris, this is what you said. And I was like, holy shit, yeah it is. <laughs> it's, it's Hilda and Zelda meditating and the phone rings and they go, I can hear the bells of Nirvana. no. It's just the phone.
0: Yeah. I was like, yes! <laughs> and we, I remember in when we recorded that initially, we were like, maybe that is a scene. We'll just have to wait and see. And we did wait. And we did see. So it's Sabrina calling off the hunt for the time ball. Because she says that aside from a few smelly people, the 60s rocks. So she wants to remain in the 60s. However, it soon goes a bit downhill because she heads to the college fair to give her paper to Valerie but she laughs in her face because she isn't an editor she's a girl and instead is secretary to the future homemakers of American Club
1: Yeah, um, and this the, the two things that were bothering me were one, not everybody in the 60s was a hippie two, the 60s were sexist to shit especially the hippies Because, like, you know, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, free love and everything. Like, if you went to, you know, if you were a young girl and you went to San Francisco to, you know, be part of the whole sort of scene there, you were basically expected to fuck every guy you met. And you were expected to be on the pill and be constantly up to fuck everybody. Like, even the hippie movement was just completely, like, male-dominated and women were totally subservient and... The conversation she has with Harvey, which yes, sure you will get yeah. onto, even though he is a hippie and all laid back and everything, yeah, he just expects her to fill a conventional female role. So just as I was, I mean, thinking about the Libby thing, it probably is just supposed to be oh, Libby's still a dick. Yeah, rather yeah. Than there were people in the '60s who weren't hippies, but at least they address the whole gender thing.
0: Yes, and it's and it does get a little deeper in the over the next couple of minutes, but um, yeah, it it's this is more of an accurate representation of the 60s coming up anyway but that's not all as she returns to the Franklin and Lee stand about wanting to go there and she's dismissed simply for being a girl it's only a men's college and she's only around for a husband
2: right not only do I have complete anger towards Franklin and Lee University or whatever at this moment in time. But what really, really ground my gaze is, is the fact that she'd done the questionnaire, he goes, oh, well done you. Very patronising, but then instantly then turns to the young chap in some form of military yep. uniform and starts talking to him. It is a complete and utter disregard
0: of women in general. It was... It, it, it fueled my hatred for that. I think. I think the cleverest use of aggression in that was is, is that. Listen, if you want to come here and earn your MRS. Oh my god. goodness! She's oh. like MRS. Mrs? You think I just want a? I just want a husband. And that was so clever, but so they. Oh my they, god! Like they. They, they really. As I say,
1: like they were really sort of doing the 60s super simple and it was making me sad. And then this, I mean, yes, it made me angry, but obviously it was supposed to. It really sort of sort of united, united the fire of burning feminist rage within me. Yeah, they um, really sort of hammered home that, yeah, if you were a woman in the 60s, you weren't really expected to do much other than be a homemaker. Mm. Yes, it was a decade of sort of progress for women's rights and things, but still a fucking long way to go as there still is now but I mean especially then yeah like sort of the gender roles are very conventional down to the point where a woman wanting an education a career was sort of seen as like yeah whatever yeah
0: it's, it's a shame when you look back at this episode but it does bring it home about exactly yeah the 60s is cool yeah everyone reminisces about it but uh, yeah when you actually revisit it God, it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's what they're saying here. And it, it gets a bit further just with Harvey in, in a moment as well. So Mrs Quick, the one, obviously, who originally recommended Sabrina to go and talk to Franklin Lee. Quick, let's uh, let's burn our bras. Let's take our bras off and burn them. That,
1: well, maybe somebody did it. Generally speaking, never actually happened. That's sort of, like, probably a male sort of dis- dismissive sort of, like, thing of feminism. Oh, yeah, burning the bras,
2: we're oh, idiots. <laughs> yeah, like... That kind of made me a bit sad. Yeah, yeah. Again, it was one of those moments of, all right, we're doing a we're doing a sixties episodes, so someone someone's got to make reference
0: to a burning a bra. Mm.
1: But yeah, how many bras were actually burned in the sixties? Probably not
2: that many. No. No. Uh,
0: one. One. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. One bra. And it was Mrs. Quick in this fictional <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> episode. <laughs> in the fictional. In the fictional sixties, Mrs. Quick. So, so she invites Sabrina to go and take her bra off as well but she says no maybe maybe another day we'll burn our underwear together so she runs off uh, so horrified by the thought of seeing her teacher's breasts, Sabrina leaves unhappy about living in this backward decade and Harvey doesn't help matters too as he well he kind of it, no, it just mean, goes back to something Graham said before just about Harvey is I guess the typical hippie male that people don't like, remember.
1: Yeah, people don't realise how even the supposedly sort of progressive sort of, you know, sort of anti-establishment types of the 60s still probably had, like, the gender roles that existed, like, 100 years before they were even around.
2: Like, yeah. yeah, but it's still, it, what he was proposing was essentially a nice idea. Just hitting the road, just going wherever the music took us, a nice, chilled, relaxing time. It was just the connotations that Therefore yeah, came he, he, away. he said like
0: you. You don't need no career. You're just going to be my lady, and make my children, and make my food, and, and maybe my- get married if it's
2: not too much hassle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, prior to that, sounded really nice. Yeah, I'll let it slide, Harvey, because this
0: isn't really you. But he yeah. was probably yeah, channeling his his great dad's behaviour. He's probably channeling. That's probably what his dad. Yeah, was yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Let's say it was Mister Kinkle. Yeah, let's yeah, have <laughs> another reason to hate that
2: prick. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, fuck it. Let's give him a bastard, yeah, bad, point. Yeah.
1: bastard
0: point. Mr. Kinkle. <laughs> Mr. Fuck you, guys. King, yeah. Harvey was, was uh, unbeknownst to us that he was actually his father in this episode. Yes, yeah. So bastard Hence point. Hence
1: the grey wig. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like present day Mr. Kinkle and 60s Mr. Kinkle sort of
2: fusing. That's what it was. There we so go. how
0: many points does Mr. Kinkle get for this episode? Um, um, just
2: Let's just go with one. He wasn't quite... Uh, I think one for you're my woman,
1: you have my baby. Two for we'll get married, if I can be honest. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true. So, yeah, Harvey just says, yeah, yeah, just make my kids and make my breakfast and we'll be fine. So, Sabrina storms off because she doesn't want to live in this backwards time. So, Sabrina storms into the living room and demands that they continue looking for the time ball. But just then, she can smell sardines coming from Salem's breath. You ate my time ball! What time ball, Salem says. You know, the one on my desk. Oops. I mean, what time ball? But did you notice? Salem had a uh, colourful collar on during this
2: segment. He did. He, 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 he was embracing the 60s. Was the
0: spirit of the 60s. That's great. <laughs> he said, what, what's the haps? Did he say? He did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So Zelda says she has a plan to get it back. This better not involve a rubber glove. <laughs> Salem says, "Which is what we were expecting. It's what we wanted. What we
2: were, what we
1: were hoping for. We, what we wanted. We wanted. You know. We've had so many of our sort of you know theories and popular topics of conversation be given um, meat on the bones in terms of you know sort of uh, revelations in this series." we really wanted to see this cat's arsehole. And we were very sad when when that didn't come to be. No, no. I guess not surprised, but sad. Yeah, it's a shame.
0: I really thought getting out a rubber glove was we were definitely going to see a uh, Salem's Balloon knot.
2: But that's not the way it happens. (laughs) No, it's not. Luckily, Uh, They just give
0: him his uh, furball medicine. Well, they try to, Chris, only, because he panics and runs away as he can still fit through his cat flap. He runs off into the streets and then the episode just ends.
1: Yeah. Then they realise that they... Put too much in this episode and <laughs> yeah. didn't really have enough time to finish it, so we yeah. get a really rushed
0: final scene. It just Salem runs off and they go, "Oh no! I hope he comes back." Fate He's to back. black. Fate to black. Fate, like, fate, yeah, yeah, that's it. Fate to black, and the black was there for quite some time. Yeah, it was like, let's have, have we got all that sexism in? Yes. Oh shit, we've not got time for comic plot. Oh shit, end it. Go go. And then and then cut scene to. To the laundry room. Yeah, the, the credits and... come on, and and they're in the laundry, um, folding oh, up clothes, talking yeah. about how they... Did they live in the 60s for another week? Did yeah, they? something yeah, like that. And finally,
1: Salem's came back and helped change, but he's still got the time ball in him, hasn't yeah, he? But he's still in... been able to change it whilst it's stuck. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. So he hasn't had a shit for a week? Apparently not. Oh, he's actually... It's just that time ball is been a bit tough to digest I think which I guess it would be because he yeah. didn't chew it Which he, he did yeah he said yeah. a wish yeah chew yeah, it which yeah, yeah, yeah. probably stuck there
1: Huh. Oh, but he yeah. said
0: like he ate the time ball and then was watching something in the 60s and dreaming of Peggy Lipson so that's why it turned into the 60s so maybe they just made him wish it was the 90s again and then it changed and they're just patiently waiting for him to shit it out and They've got and get it his, out of him
1: got him his little cat box haven't they Um, He said that while he was away, he missed a week of his stories, which I think, unless it's reference to something else, which I don't get, I know from TV from the 60s, or like films TV set in the 60s, that people quite often referred to sort of like tuning into their regular like soap opera or what have you as, um, I'm going to watch my stories now, Mm. especially older people. So uh, yeah,
0: Yeah, so that would make sense if if they were in the 60s for yet another week, but it's not even resolved, they're just talking while they wait for Salem to shit himself and (laughs) <laughs> that's how our episode ends. Yeah, that's how we leave everybody. I, it was
2: yeah, not a great ending. You've got to
1: structure your episodes properly because <laughs> at the end of the day people do sort of take away from
0: it the last thing that they see and it was so rushed. It was Salem's eyes looking through a box while we're just patiently waiting for him to defecate. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a such a weird. And he he didn't even do it. <laughs> no. No, he didn't even shit, goddammit, it. That's that's oh, what that's the least of what we deserved. So there we go, so that is the end of episode 8, Inner Gadda Sabrina. Um, yeah, I've, I've, an up-and-down episode, very weird one, we address some some critical issues of the 60s, while also playing with the joyful, playful times that we TV tells us what the 60s was like. But, uh, Graeme, tell us what you thought of this episode. Gave game was a lot to talk about and a
1: lot to discuss, so I guess I've got to give it credit for that. The ending was mega-rushed, and I also thought that, like, it was... It was a little sort of, um, it was like a tick list. It was like a 60s tick list of yeah, we need yeah. to hit this, this and this. And it was always like, you, I was pleased that it did delve deeper than I thought it was going to at first. But at the same time, it was a little bit sort of, it was like, um, what's that film called? Uh, Cemetery Junction. That Rick and Gervais <laughs> film yeah. that's set in the 70s. It's like, we've got to address that it was sexist. We've got to address that it was racist. We're going to tick, tick, tick and yeah like, and the way it sort of lurches from one thing to another is not, there wasn't too much in the way of gags and it's not as if the sex and stuff was really dressed in a hard hitting way it was good it was there but at the same time yeah it, it didn't make too much of an impression on me certainly not no. a disaster um, but yeah not, not not among the highlights certainly of season 2 which I've enjoyed a yes. lot so far no I agree, I agree.
0: Uh, Chris
2: do you agree with uh, things Graham said yeah I mean if I was going to put my own twist on it if I was going to summarise it I'd probably go along the lines of yes it did make me laugh
0: when Salem had some lines yeah but mainly it made me angry yes and and that's not the impression that you want it's not the emotion sorry that you want to feel when watching a kid's sitcom no
2: but it it was quite formulaic Mm. yeah it wasn't it wasn't what we're used to it's sort of taking a step back into season
0: one almost
2: uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't
0: thoroughly made up. Yeah, I was surprised about how deep they went with the actual sexy side of the sixties, and that was very brave. No, yeah, no, you say how deep they went, but
2: they went deep, it, but in such a short amount of time. It very quick. Very quickly it wasn't went enough, It wasn't enough for the watcher to sort of catch on to it. It needed to be.
1: I, I guess maybe I understand their sort of reluctance to. Go too much down there in that it is a sitcom and things, but Mm. you you can do it in a funny way where you you are laughing at the backwards attitudes of people not making sexist jokes. Mm. And he didn't make sexist jokes, I'm just saying, you know. um, It should have been 50 50, you know, hippies chanting and singing, and 50 50, everything's really sexist and fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that was literally accomplished in one scene and about 10 lines
2: of dialogue. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it was, it's, it was 75% Kumbaya and 25% sexist pigs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. But, I mean, it, she might not be been the showrunner anymore, but Nell Scoville's presence was definitely in this episode. Obviously, she's a big campaigner for... Uh, I mean, that should be for, for female rights yeah. and stuff. So it's definitely an episode that, if she, if she was still around in this season, that she would have definitely pushed I forward. I think
1: if she was showrunner, though we probably would have got the more even spread. Mm, yeah. I, I think she would have made sure that that was sort of done justice rather than just sort of like crammed in at the end.
0: Yeah, making sure it was 100% a Sabrina episode yeah, rather yeah. than a little bit at the start and then a little yeah. bit at the end. But I
1: mean, no disrespect to uh, Carrie Honiglue and Renee Phillips because they've done a great job oh, abs- so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of running a show and making it fast, making it varied. And this was another very different episode to what i gone before. Each episode has been very singular other than the two for at the start, obviously, um, so far. But yeah, I think just yeah, just a little sort of uneven and a little sort of yeah, a little dry. Right,
0: so but... what do we know anyway? Me and Graham are just mouthing off talking about what we think of it. But who gives a shit what we think of it? We only give a shit about what Chris thinks. He's our rank master, so each episode he tells us what this episode is because well he's a very clever man. He should know. And me and Graham simply agree or disagree with the man. So Chris Episode 8, in Inagata Sabrina. What do you score it? First thing, I'd like to say thank you for the compliment. And oh,
2: secondly, right. uh, you mainly disagree with me, so... Yeah. <laughs> there are like two... Yeah, I think there's, two there's like two, two or three. Less than a handful. <laughs> um, but no, uh, this episode... Uh, it, It's a tough one, because it wasn't... It isn't your standard zany Sabrina. I enjoyed it less because of of how that it was put together. Not the content, it was how it's put together, the 75-25 split. If it was more even, then maybe I'll have enjoyed it more. Therefore, my ranking is going to be somewhat controversial.
0: Six Willard Crafts equals Witchcraft. <laughs> yes, okay, so... So, six Willardcraft equals Witchcraft. Okay, Graham.
1: It seems strange to put it in the middle because it's so different to any other episode, so it's definitely not a typical Sabrina episode, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I, I like some of the things it did. I just thought it was a bit clumsily put together as a television show in terms of pacing and its rushed ending and things like that. So, yeah,
0: five. Five, okay. Five
1: Willardcraft equals Witchcraft.
0: I think I will agree with Christopher. So, there we go. So, that is the end of, yeah, again, a very peculiar... And perhaps in regards to the... racially and politically charged episode. Yes. Thought-provoking. Yes. Yeah. A very, sort of, in terms of addressing it, a very sort of controversial episode in comparison to the other ones that we've had so far in this otherwise awesome season two. Fucking hell, can you actually imagine if they ended it with Salem's arsehole? And we faded, faded to black. <laughs> Faded to brown. Faded to pink. Maybe. Yeah. So we're uh, going to talk about the uh, next uh, episode, again, which addresses, again, not as serious as the last episode we've had, but still focuses on a particular hierarchy, a group amongst the witch community. This episode, episode nine, it's entitled Witch Trash. Now, I'm going to go to Christopher first because he's smiling like he, he might have an idea what this episode is about. So Witch Trash, what do you think it's about? Witch trash. So,
2: I've got two thoughts here. I'm gonna go with with my more comedic one and say that Sabrina has got a hillbilly cousin. Okay. Who comes to visit? Okay. Uh, Graeme? It's, it's, it's gotta be
1: about sort of witch equivalents to hillbillies. Um, yeah, white trash, mm-hmm. um, as they're perhaps a little racistly called sometimes. Um, yeah, uh,. Something like that. Maybe they, they go to the other realm and um, they perhaps maybe end up in the wrong part of the other realm. Maybe so sort of they're trying to go to somewhere sort of you know if it's happening, but they end up out in the sticks of the other realm, which as we learnt in the last episode is massive. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, they they meet the rednecks of the yeah. other realm. Okay, well Chris is right, but only a third because it's not just one hillbilly cousin. It's three. They've got three members of the hillbilly Spellman side of the family that um, Sabrina forces Hilda and Zelda to invite round for dinner to try and resolve a a century-old feud. Are they all playing different? No, it's different different actors and actresses, yes. So it's different people. Um, playing uh, hillbillies. Does okay. somebody say "Purry boo yes? <laughs> 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 Unfortunately not. They do say a lot of other redneck hillbilly things and they do a lot of redneck hillbilly things. So we'll just have to wait and see exactly what Witch Trash is all about. But as for this episode, thank you very much from me, Phil Dean, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Christopher, you're the man to my right and in front of me. I hope you enjoy doing it. Always. Okay, <laughs> And the man too, as well, that's in front of me but slightly to the left, is Mr Graham Riley. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I did indeed. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact
2: us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage
0: Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.